Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of the Muddy Shoe Podcast. This is episode five. That everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday. I took a slight detour on posting a latest episode, and it's only because holiday season was coming around. There's a lot of people doing things, and now that Thanksgiving is all over, we are moving into the Christmas month. I'm pretty sure everybody has experienced a lot of interesting types. You know, it's funny. You would almost think that Black Friday would be considered a obstacle race. Just think about it. Anybody that's ever really done a Black Friday, have you ever experienced what it's like? I've personally have opted out. I've never done it, but I've seen the videos. I'm pretty sure you have too. It is not one to mess with. Those people will topple over anyone to save $10. But I'm not going to go too deep into that. That's not really what this episode is about. I'll get to the episode here in a minute, but I wanted to kind of talk about what went on this last weekend. We had the Spartan race down in Atlanta. People were doing sprints as well as the Super. I'm sure there's other events that have been going on in different types of races, but this is the one I'm going to talk about because I was in it. It, So it was Saturday morning around nine o'clock. I've already done the Elite. I've completed my trifecta, which was an incredible experience within the Spartan races. Anybody that's ever wanted to do it should try to plan for it for the 2017. But... I've already completed. I had an extra free ticket to use. And a buddy of mine did not have the opportunity to complete his trifecta within Asheville. He was four miles in, his ankles or his cast buckled up and he had to quit. Well, so he wanted to complete it this year. He had the opportunity to do it in Atlanta. I have to say the Atlanta sprint and the Asheville sprint are night and day differences. There are nothing similar at all. One is really, really hard and incredible. The other one, not so hard, but still difficult. So he completed it. He did an incredible time. And I did a little leisure run and um, I completed just as fine. I got another... Uh, super down on the belt for 2016. It's not going to go towards an East trifecta this year because that's probably my last uh, Spartan race this season. I got way too many things going on before the end of the year, but it was still a really cool event. I enjoyed that it was cold. I enjoyed that it did have some interesting obstacles. The one thing I didn't do was the memory challenge. Sure enough, we ran up to it. I've never done the memory challenge before, and there was a little tiny tarp that had these little, I guess it would be military signs, and then like Echo Bravo, and then some four digits numbers. Well, I didn't really want to spend time trying to remember that. And there's some people who had like a blue pen they were trying to pass around and you could write down the number. Sounds like a great idea, but there was like eight people in front of me and they were really slow writing the answers. I figured I could do burpees faster than I could just waiting around for something. So I decided to opt out. I just ran and I completed all the other obstacles. But as we get near to the end of the super, sure enough, boom, they have that spot where they wanted to ask the question. And I had no idea what it was, so I just jumped right into doing burpees. Nailed that within maybe a minute, minute, minute and a half, maybe at most. I took a little breather and went on my way to just complete the uh, the Spartan race. But yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting because in Georgia, we have a fire ban. I didn't think much of it until afterwards, but as I was running, I'm like, where's the fire? And I see three people laying on the ground. I'm like, okay, that's weird, but they're waving their hands. I'm pretty sure if you were there, you probably saw that or probably saw videos of it. It was unique. They took a situation that was not perfect for the scenario that we're in Georgia. There's a fire ban. And so they took people to act as fire to give us that final jump. So even though the fire wasn't real, 
I have to give them mad props for creativity. That was pretty cool. Hopefully the photos that come out at the end will be pretty neat as well. I have to give incredible props for the people that decided they wanted to run on Sunday. They didn't know it was going to happen, but sure enough, we had just a light, the annoying mist of cold rain throughout the entire day. So Saturday, I think, was a lot easier than Sunday. The people that went on Sunday, the ones that completed it, much congratulations to you. So that was it. That was an incredible weekend. A lot of people had some great challenges. A lot of people have learned and overcome fears. And that's what we're moving on to this episode is about. And if you haven't heard from the title, it's called Get Some Weight on Your Back and Go Ruck. You may or may not have heard this before, but the guy I'm bringing on, his name is Kit. He is the marketing director of the organization that puts this on. And he goes into some really interesting aspects about why GORUCK is different and why you should do this. It's something anyone can do. And I can't wait to get to hear what he has to say. Let's get it going. Hey, Kit, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I know it's been pretty busy for you guys over at GORUCK, and so I'll try to make this as short as possible. But before I get started, Kit, is this is is that your name or is it a like a nickname? Because it sounds like a nickname. Um, it, it is a nickname. Um, my full name is Charles Klein, Charles Christian Klein the Fourth, to be exact. So, oh, wow, okay. uh, Kit is kind of a, a nickname given because there's other <laughs> other Charles within the lineage. Nice four down. That's um, that's pretty interesting. That's a hard name to live up to if you got three different generations above you. Oh yeah. Well, my son is the fifth now. So. Oh, you're keeping it going. Yep. Wow. Okay. Very interesting. My friend uh, Andy, he basically said that I should really look at Go Ruck because it had a different twist to things, and so that's why I was happened to reach out to you. Cause I'd like to know more, and I'd like to know our listeners to know more about what is Go Ruck. So Go Ruck was founded by uh, Green Beret Jason McCarthy back in 2008. It was an opportunity for him to take the lessons and the the gear that he used in the military and apply it to the civilian world. And what ended up happening was it started off as a gear company. We built the GR1 was our first piece of gear ever. And it was based off of, you know, the, like I said, the special operations gear that he had every day. And we, we pared it down um, to be, you know, something that was not super military. So it doesn't have a ton of molly on the outside. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't stand out in a crowd in the sense of, you know, looking like a sore thumb and people think it's too tactical. It still, you know, has the same toughness, still has, you know, all the features that you would need, but, you know, something that you could also wear in Manhattan without having to worry about, you know, anything standing out too much. So the GR1 was our first piece of gear. And, the gear business is a, is a difficult place to be. It's a place, it's a hard place to stand out from the crowd. So, you know, over a year of Jason driving around and trying to, you know, sell those bags of people, he decided, decided to start coming up with the, the challenge. So the challenge was born as a way to market our gear and the, uh, you know, kind of show how tough the gear is when put through the ringer of, you know, special operations training. And in the day, back in the day, in like 2010 is when we had our first events. The first ever event was in San Francisco and it was just a bunch of guys showing up and Jason was the the cadre is what we call it and that's the leader of the group and basically meeting on a street corner, going on a, a route that he chose and, you know, put them through various uh, forms of PT, which is physical training such as uh, 
push-ups or sit-ups or flutter kicks or low crawls or anything that kind of um, mimics the training they go through. But the caveat to all this is that it was based on the teamwork aspect of it too. This isn't a boot camp. This isn't something that, you know, you have somebody screaming at you for a couple hours and then you, you say, okay, well, I, you know, I just went through a boot camp. This is more of an opportunity for people to find out who they are when put under stress and having to work with other people. So you're put into leadership positions, you're put into a position where you have to get from point A to point B in a certain amount of time, carrying, you know, anything that they require you to carry from logs to each other to, you know, the rucksacks to anything along the way. And, um, you know, our cadre are specialized in in creating stress, but also teaching and, and helping you to learn along the way that there's better ways to do things together than there are uh, alone. And it's kind of unique in that way where when you bring up um, mud racing or, or, you know, obstacle course racing, it's very much, you know, even as a team individual, you know, you can go over certain obstacles by yourself. You don't necessarily need your team with you. I mean, a person could run any given race by themselves without necessarily having anybody else with them. But at a go work event, you must work with your team regardless. There's no way around it. You know, there's no way that you can say, all right, we're going to carry this log by myself. It's it's all about, you know, how you can get the, the team to work together because, you know, otherwise you're going to be doing push-ups for a while. You're going to be trying to figure out the best way to get through things without, you know, there's not much to it then. So real quick, when you're talking about a team now, usually when people do go into an obstacle race, they usually they have the feeling that it's they pretty much have it on their selves. It's all about them, but they love to have team components to the elements of obstacle racing. You're talking about having a team with Go Ruck. Is that something that someone has to come in with a team or are they added to a team? Like, how does that all that work out? So you're basically added to a team. I mean, you're more than welcome to get your friends and we encourage it actually. You know, our, our one phrase that we always use is that um, a challenge is like a six pack and it's better when shared with friends. And, you know, we, we say that, you know, you can come alone and meet new people or you can bring, you know, two or three of your best friends and go through the event together. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're not just going to be with those two, three people. You're not just going to be by yourself. You're going to be working with however many people there are in that in that specific event. So, I mean, you know, our events average around 30 people per event. So, um, you know, we have custom events and all that as well, where people kind of get, you know, a large group together and they do their own event. But our normal every weekend type of events are very much just, you know, people show up and, you know, some come with other people they know. And then, of course, through the process, you, you meet people and then the people want to do more events and then they're doing them together in the future, you know, regardless, even if you don't plan it, people just end up showing up in the same events over and over again. So there's all kinds of crossover that way. But there's, you know, at the end of the day, it is one team, one fight when it comes to these events and you're not ever really doing it by yourself. Well, you're saying that these are an event and it's not necessarily a boot camp, but how would someone portray this type of an, an event? Like, is it is it a workout? Is it just more of a social gathering with exercise? Or, I mean, where does it actually step into play of fitness and or just a, a social gathering? So it's it's definitely on the fitness side of things. Um, it's not necessarily uh, like, you know, a wad or a workout or something that you're kind of like, okay, this is what you're prescribed to do. Okay. It's, I would say the best way to describe it is an endurance event with leadership built into it and a team event, you know, so it's a team-based leadership endurance event. And you don't have to already have leadership skills beforehand. This is something right. that there's, they kind of learn on the go. 
you could kind of literally come to these events with like with no you know no inclinations of what you're going to expect. You don't have to have Very any special cool. skills. You don't have to have any you know okay I have to be the best at this or that. I mean you want to have some level of fitness obviously when you go into this, but we have differing event levels as well. So there's a light that's about four to six hours, a tough that's twelve hours. A heavy that's 24 hours so you kind of pick your poison when it comes to which type of event you want to take a part in um the you know the more time allows for better teamwork more you know focus from the cadre to get that team to work together but that's kind of the beauty of these events is that our cadre are experts when it comes to you know making the team work together so it's not like any one event is going to be exactly the same it's not like every time you go and do an event even in the same city it's going to be the same because the team dictates what that event is going to be i mean the cadre obviously has an idea of where he wants to take everybody and what their whole course is going to be but the participants don't know and they are just told what to do the entire time. I mean, you know, you could do one route with one cadre, do another with another, or even do different, like a whole different feel with a whole, you know, the same cadre. So there's always changes. There's always something new. And it's it's just based on that team. I mean, if the team's working well together, then they might go and do more. Or they're, if they're not working well together, then he'll, you know, start doing some PT to get them to start working together. I mean, you know, synchronized push-ups or flutter kicks or log, you know, overhead pushes, things like that, that really kind of get people to realize that they have to do it together. And it, it slows the group down. It makes people think about it. It makes people think, okay, well, we have to carry this and that together. And, you know, some people might be better at carrying stuff. Other people might be great, better at navigating. I mean, you know, they say, all right, you have to go from point A to point B in XYZ city. And I'm not from that city, so maybe you know that city better, and you raise your hand and say, hey, I know that there's a better shortcut that we can save ourselves, you know, 10 minutes if we go this way versus taking a longer route. And that's where this teamwork comes into play. That's where this, you know, ability to kind of speak up and speak your mind, and and you're making the course what is best for the team. And it's not necessarily like, okay, well, you know, we're going to do 100 flutter kicks, we're going to do 100 push-ups, then we're moving to the next, like, no, it's, it's like, okay, if you can't get your flutter kicks right, we're going to spend more time doing that. And, you know, until you guys get your, you know, team together, then, you know, you're not going to be moving anywhere. But the, you know, there's a general flow to our events that, you know, our, our cadre stick to. But like I said, the team definitely dictates what they do, where they go, how long they spend doing certain activities. So going into like the idea of, it sounds like you do have a lot of conflict uh, resolution that goes on because dealing with people that either never met before, there's going to be a lot of, I guess you'd say, clashing or headbutting and trying to get through that as well through the group effort through a time base. Does that create some sort of animosity between people and is it, or do you end up having to like uh, rearrange or reproject what people are going to do because of that? Well, kind of to your first part of the question, like, there absolutely is animosity or, you know, there's strife between people and it's it really what it's what builds the character and the, uh, you know, builds the team up because, you know, we have certain stages of team building that we, we go through in each event. And the storming phase is kind of what we refer to as that phase when people go and they're, you know, fighting each other. They're like, okay, why is that guy not holding up his end? Or what's going on? Why are we moving so slow? Or who's not, you know, and, and everyone starts to get kind of. Uh, aggravated because they're trying to, you know, all do their best, but everyone's trying to work on their own versus working as a team. And, you know, our cadre are well aware of that. That's it's a it's built into these events to make people 
be stressed out and try, trying to get things because you're not going to be perfect. I mean, it doesn't right. even matter if you've done a hundred of our events. There's always you can't control everything. You know, that's the beauty of it because you know you could say, oh, I'm an expert. I've been to a hundred GoWork events. But in the, the day, like if you have ten new people that are there that have never done a GoWork event, you can't force them to do everything correctly. And you know, you're just going to have to let them figure it out and, and try to be there as a leader. But you know, there's there's ways that we we just you know utilize those strife and those those tensions to really build the team out and get them to to really understand what it means to be a team member. And, and sometimes it means you know listening. Sometimes it means stepping up and and actually doing something. Well, what caught my attention that made this interesting was that I'm, I'm actually really focused to try to do one of these next year, which is great. And, but not based on just what my friend was telling me, but some of the videos I've seen on your website. It seems like there are ways to scale up. Like you, you don't just have to be physically fit to go into this. You can go into it and go from there and learn and get better and then move up and through, like I think you were talking about the challenges. There's different levels. That makes it seem like it's something that I can shoot for and know that I could fail and succeed, go to the next level, fail and succeed, but keep doing it. So it's not something I'd potentially get bored at. This actually gives me goal setting for uh, multiple times throughout the year. Absolutely. I mean, there's always something new to learn. I mean, even if you keep doing the same type of event, like, I mean, say you're like, all right, I'm going to do the light because it's, it's the shortest event. It's the, you know, the event that I feel most comfortable with. And you do it, you you know, you you love it, and you're like, okay, you know, I I learned a lot, but you know, I still feel like there's a lot that I can learn. You can go do another light, even in the same city, like I was saying, and you might learn something new, or you could take what you learned from the last event and apply it to the next event, and you know, the, you'll find something else about yourself. Or like you said, you can go and say, all right, well, I just did my light, let me do a tough now, and it gives me a chance to really challenge myself because that's an overnight event, and I've never stayed up, you know, for 24 hours straight or whatever it might be, where you know, people kind of can pick and choose. I mean, and you don't have to go in lineage either. You don't have to say, all right, well, I'm going to do a light, then a tough, then a heavy. I mean, we've had people come in and do a heavy their first time and, and complete it. I mean, there's never, you know, a right way or a wrong way to do anything. It's really just up to that individual because, you know, it's, it's like 90% mental to go through these events. I mean, you want to have, like I said, some base of physicality in your, in your, uh, experience that you could say, all right, you know, I can ruck for, you know, a couple miles or I can, you know, do a couple pushups or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're doing it as a team. Everyone's working together. They're all helping each other. And I mean, we've had people from all backgrounds, all age groups, all different types of, you know, situations go through our events and, you know, you learn something, you can challenge yourself, you can do something new. There's always something new to learn. How would someone get or start within doing one of the, the challenges? I mean, do you, do they first need to have the gear already or do they show up without and just say, Hey, I'm here. What do I do? Like what's, what's the initial step? So you don't need to have GORUCK gear to do the event. You do need to have a backpack and some weight and some water or something like that. You know, that's the basics to go to a GORUCK event. I mean, we don't provide gear for you there. I mean, other than maybe some, you know, sandbags or something that the cadre decides that they want to bring. I mean, like I said, each cadre kind of brings their own flavor to the event. But, you know, at the very base level, each participant is required to carry their own backpack, their own, you know, weight form, and they have to wear, uh, I think it's... 20 pounds for anyone under 150 pounds and 30 pounds for anybody over 150 pounds, or I'm sorry, yeah, 30 pounds for over 150 pounds. And, you know, that that also changes when you become, that's for the, the tough. The light 
is 10 pounds for under 150 pounds and 20 pounds for over 150 pounds. So we kind of, you know, on the website, on gorework.com, we have those like weight requirements for each level of the events. But, you know, you just basically have to show up with some weight. You know, it could be a ruck plate, it could be bricks, it could be sandbag, it could be whatever you want. You have to have a backpack uh, and then you have to have, I mean, we recommend water. I mean, we require you have some form of water just so that way you're, you know, hydrating along the way. It doesn't matter if you, even if it's in February in D.C. or something like that. It's still going to be, you need to drink water. And then, you know, we ask that you bring ID and a, uh, a $20 cab fare just in case you want to quit along the way. So those are kind of the basics of our packing list when you come to an event. I mean, people bring all kinds of other crazy stuff with them. But, you know, that's for the most part what the, the basics are when you go to a GoRock event. That was actually interesting. You talked about bringing a $20 for like a cab ride if someone wants to quit. What does that entail in the idea of like if someone's tapping out, like I just can't do this anymore? Obviously, there's taken away from the team environment, but into the sale, the person itself, when they're there, they're part of the event, they're wanting to leave, they're just, they just walk out? Do they have to hit something? Do they let you know? I mean, how does all that work out? So everything is run through the cadre. Um, our cadre are extremely well trained. Um, they're, you know, very professional. They know, you know, all forms of safety. We have, you know, an entirely very um, rigid SOP for what it, what it looks like at an event. I mean, the cadre runs a safety brief before the event starts. So basically, um, my point is that you're going to go through the cadre, um, uh-huh. whether you're you're quitting when you sign up, when you come into the event, you're, you know, he runs a, um, a check to call off names and people raise their hands and he will, you know, mark off if they're there or not. And I mean, at one point, if you're like, okay, I can't do this anymore, you let the cadre know. And at that point, then he'll, you know, figure out a way to make sure that you're safe and able to, you know, get a cab or whatever it might be at that point. I mean, most of our events take place in major cities or somewhere near, you know, civilization. So we'll make sure that you get where you need to go safe. And then, you know, other cases, if it's somewhere out far from a, uh, a location like that, there's other ways that we make sure that people are taken care of. So there's the cadre is, is the main point of contact for everything going on at an event. Looking at the idea of getting behind GORUCK, the people that I've been reaching out to are ones that do feel like they have to or they're trying to overcome something or that there's something that's just either holding them back and they feel like they need to reach out, find the, the, the grit inside them. If they happen to be a part of the Go Ruck and they're in, usually when someone finishes a race, there's something that they, they get that they can look back on and say, I completed that, I did that. It doesn't, not necessarily meaning like showcasing, but what do they get near the end of an event? So at the end of every one of our events, the participant receives a patch once they complete a GORUCK event. And the patch is symbolic from the military. You know, patches are used as morale boosters. They're used as, you know, to show ranking. They're used to show what a person has completed. It could be a school in the military or whatever. So at a GORUCK event, you earn a two by three inch patch with Velcro on the back that, you know, is for that event. So it could be a light, tough, heavy patch. And it's embroidered with the, you know, the logo on the front and all of that. So once you complete your event, our cadre stands up in front of the class, tells you, you know, congratulations on completing your Gora challenge, and goes around and shakes everyone's hand and hands them a patch. And it's your way of showing that you just completed that event. I mean, 
you know, we always say that, you know, patches never for sale. It's always earned. I mean, we of course, sell patches that are not for events. But um, when you go to a GoArk event, those event patches will never be for sale on our website or anything like that. It's something that you earn. And then you will, you know, put it on a hat, you can put it on your ruck, you can put it wherever you want. I mean, people will get patch boards, all that type of stuff. So that's kind of the what you receive at the end of the event. Thinking about different types of how long you've been a part of the, the company, have you heard of any success stories? Someone that's you know, been able to complete it and it seems to have changed their life in a positive way. Um, there's been plenty of success stories. I mean, it seems almost too many to even answer. I mean, from the very base level, rucking itself is what we as a company are focused on. I mean, you know, go ruck events in general are great and people love them, but you know, we love to ruck and, and getting people out there and active is a huge success for us because it's something that allows people to really do do something that's social, that's able to be out there and, and, and active without having to, to run a million miles or something like that. It's strength training and all of that. But we hear people that, you know, have really pushed themselves to, to train for a New York event. They've, you know, lost a ton of weight or, you know, had lost some family members or something that they wanted to really commemorate by completing a GoArk event. And it's it's really awesome to see and to hear these stories. I mean, I've been with the company for almost four years now. And in my time, you know, working here full time, you hear all kinds of stories about, you know, people coming together or, you know, we as a community, the, the, the cool part about GoRuck at the bottom line is that the community really builds up who we are as a company. The people that we do our events, that come out to our events every weekend, really are the people that build up this company. I mean, we couldn't do it without them, and they they love what we do. And um, it keeps us coming back for more and more. And I mean, I can't think of any specific stories, but, you know, I've had people that were, you know, 70-year-old Vietnam veterans that have gone through events, or we've had other people that were just lost a ton of weight, like major weight loss situations where they had to be asked to bypass, and this is the first event they wanted to do once they completed that. And, you know, even as simple as finally getting out there and rucking with a group of people in their local ruck club or something, they found a club that was doing rucking on the weekends, and they finally were able to do that 5K ruck that they've never, they've always wanted to do. So, I've heard all kinds of stories from every level and every background and every end of the spectrum to, you know, utilize our events in a way to really challenge themselves. Thinking about the different types of, there are tons of obstacle courses and things that people do outside. And looking at that, you do have multiple challenges and it seems to uh, escalate as it gets uh, harder. Let's say someone is doing an average, they either do a Tough Mudder, they're doing Spartan races and they're, they're very active, very healthy. What would be a good for, I know you said you can start on any level, but which one you think would be best potentially look at? I mean, honestly, my favorite is the tough. Um, it's kind of the traditional, like that's our original event. It's the one that really made us who we are. The light and the heavy were born from, you know, requests for people wanting to do something that was a little bit, you know, shorter or a little bit longer, but a tough in any weekend in any location is going to be a really great event for people from all different levels to really just you know get out there and and get to know someone and and get a real good taste of what our events are like because you know a light might be short for some people that do some you know pretty crazy stuff on the weekends they might you know be wanting more when they're done a heavy i mean you know they could jump into a heavy sure as well but you know a tough is one that you're going to get the best basic taste of what we are and, and get a really good feel for everything that we're doing with everything that you do have in the different types you said you don't need to come in there with the the go work bags but let's say someone wanted to 
and they wanted to buy the gear, what would be, I guess you would say, an entry level to someone that says, you know what, I don't care what the price is, I want to go full. What's those uh, the variation between a good starting and then a, a high? For the gear? Yes. So um, we have... Our, our main rucks are the GR1 and then the Rucker. They would be my my recommendations for someone looking to buy a GoRuck bag uh, their first time around. Basically, the biggest difference between the two is the laptop compartment. Um, our GR1 comes with a uh, padded laptop compartment built into the back panel of the rucksack. Um, it allows for people to place up to a, I think it's up to almost a 17-inch um, laptop in there. And they can put that in there. It'll be padded. It's got all, all the other bells and whistles of our rucksacks. The rucker, on the other hand, is without the, the laptop compartment and has a built-in plate carrier on the interior of the rucksack so that you can strap your ruck plates down. And it's built more around the, uh, you know, the idea of rucking. So, I mean, and that's uh, at a lower price point. So if somebody's looking for, you know, an entry-level ruck that they want to get started with rucking, the rucker's a great fit. And then, excuse me, if they want to do, you know, the full-fledged GR1, then um, that's a great bag as well. Now, um, for the uh, the female form, we have some rucks that are built with uh, curve straps that have, you know, the ability to kind of uh, cater to that a little bit better. And then they also have uh, smaller rucks. We have a, an Echo. We have a Bullet Ruck. Um, so there's there's a variety of rucks, but I would definitely say that the GR1 and the Rucker are kind of our, our you know standard uh, you know rucks that you could do. Okay. You know, looking at if someone's wanting to know more about Go Ruck, like where is the best way they can get the information? Um, I would say first off, uh, first and foremost, to go to our website, goruck.com, G-O-R-U-C-K.com. Definitely the best place to find probably more information than you'll ever need to, to know about our events, when they are, where they are. You can find all of our gear for sale, all that type of stuff. So that's definitely, you know, number one location. And then I would also recommend going to Facebook and just going to our Facebook page and asking questions there or, you know, whatever it might be. Cause there's all, you know, again, our community is so awesome that they'll, they'll sometimes answer the questions for us or, you know, our customer service is really a great, a great resource for us and they will help people figure out what they need to know about the events or anything like that. So I would say start with the website first at gorg.com and then uh, head over to the Facebook page to kind of get a little bit more uh, granular. And then just also to mention, we have a page on our website for training partners. So if you're looking to find someone in your area that is training for GoRuck events or just doing rucking in general, it's just under the about tab, or I'm sorry, the rucking tab. And you can find ruck clubs and training partners, you know, are also in your area doing the same thing. Very cool. One last question is because you said you've been a part of them for four years, that's correct? Yes. What brought you to them? So I did the third ever event in New York City back in 2010 uh, when it was just Jason and, you know, um, a handful of other people that were just crazy enough to, to take a chance and go out there not knowing literally anything about this event. And it just was something that really resonated with me as an individual, as a person. I was never in the military or anything like that, but I had a huge appreciation for the, the people that serve and my dad was in the military and all that. So when uh, I had the opportunity to kind of put my shoes or put my feet in their shoes for the day and really just kind of get an understanding of the training they go through, get an understanding of where they come from. Because, I mean, our cadre, just listening to their stories, listening to them teach you about, you know, how to be a better team leader or how to be a better, you know, American or whatever it might be. 
we it, it's it's a really awesome experience and something that just stays with you after the fact. So once I did my first event, I was like, this is awesome. I want to be a part of this. And just over the next few years, had done over you know ten events of my own, and then started helping to get the word out more about GoRuck, and it just kind of fell into place. Um, you know about three, four years ago where I was able to move down to Jacksonville, Florida to start doing uh, this full-time. That's great. Well, Kim, I really do appreciate you taking the time and tell us a little bit about GoRex. I think for our listeners that are, as this show is growing, I think a lot of people have that uh, feeling that they don't know if they want to jump into any type of obstacle race or do any type of physics because they feel like they they can't because either they're too heavy or they're not smart enough. Or they, but this seems like it could be a great way. They don't have to worry about you know, where they're at in their life right now. They can just start and they can find the right spot where they need to be in and they can progress from there, which I think is amazing. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, anybody that wants to get out there and rock can. It's super simple. Just throw some weight on your back and go for a walk. But, you know, our events really help to bring out so many awesome things and so many people. I mean, you see things that you just never thought you would see in yourself at these events. And really, you know, being being uncomfortable is good sometimes. Just giving people that opportunity to just be outside their comfort zone, be a little, you know, uncomfortable in their own skin for a little bit. And then having the opportunity to really just get out there and, and meet some new people is in a, you know, a really fun environment. It's really cool. Hey kid, thank you for coming on. I know you've been pretty busy, but I do appreciate you taking some time and sharing with our audience what Go Ruck is about. I'm pretty sure that if anybody is listening, they're going to be excited to at least take a look and see what you have to offer. So again, thank you. Absolutely. Well, there you go. You now understand what Go Ruck is all about. I brought them on because I thought that they actually had something worth sharing. I want to either speak to someone that has done something amazing and let them share their story or talk to someone that has something really unique to share, which I think GoRuck does. They give you another way to get out and do something great. And I'm happy that Kit was able to come on. I was happy that he was willing to share what GoRuck is about. Yes, it seemed like there's some things that you can purchase. You don't have to. It seems like things you can do and you should. Get out there, try it, look it up. It might be something you might be interested in. I think this is something people should really try to look at doing for 2017. I myself, I'm actually thinking about doing either one of the toughs or the uh, the heavies that they have to offer as part of their experiences. It's a, it's a challenge and it's something I wanna do. And if I do, I'll let you know what it's like. Well, this is the fifth episode of the Muddy Shoe Podcast. And as the show progresses, I'm sure it's going to get better. I'm going to have more and more people on. And I think over time, you'll start to believe what this show has to offer. And I'll finally understand what we have as a show in general. But if you liked what you heard so far in one of the past episodes or this one itself, if you could go to mymuddyshoe.com forward slash iTunes, it'll take you right to iTunes and you could leave a review on the show. I'm hoping for a five star, but I'll take whatever you got because I want to know what you like, what you don't like. And so I can make this show even better. It'd only take a few moments of your time, but it'd be greatly appreciated on my end. You can also stay up to date with the latest things that we're doing with the show on our social accounts. And we have every one of those listed on our website. If you go to mymuddyshoe.com forward slash follow us. Well, that's it for this show. I do appreciate you taking the time to listen in and I can't wait to bring out the next episode coming up in about a week. But I'm going to leave you with this. This was a little clip I took from Fairless Bueller's Day Out. I think it was appropriate. I hope you enjoy it. Take care. I'm out of here. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.